morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto, the CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, is in the building. And we got NFT Tones possibly joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how BlackRock is adding Bitcoin to its $15 trillion fund, indicating that institutions are ready for crypto adoption. Ripple is launching a digital identity program, bringing the power back to the consumer as Flare Networks officially distributed their FLR tokens after over two years of anticipation from the XRP community. Algorand and Gala Games are revolutionizing their industries behind the scenes. We break down the details, showing our listeners why 2025 will be the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I just realized Selman shaved his head bald and didn't tell us. So we're going to dive into that in a couple minutes. But before we get into it, how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, actually, first of all, let me just say so like I always do. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. I love you guys and appreciate you guys. Thank you for all the, the healing, love, prayers, and vibration. I'm definitely on my way better. Uh, I was just curious, Abs, and by the way, shout out to Gonzo for tremendous help this weekend and to everybody else. Uh, I was just wondering, though, Abs, what bet did Selman lose? Because, man, that thing got shaved clean off. But Selman, <laughs> Were you betting on a football game this week or what the hell's going on over there, brother? Talk to us. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. I see the comments. That's lovely. Some warriors actually follow me on Instagram. They they have seen or they, they now know the reason why I shaved. It's not a bet. Nothing. It was actually I, you know, in Dubai, I was completely alone and gained more confidence. And uh, I realized I, I, I had a huge lack of confidence. And so um, the last three weeks in Dubai were perfect. Uh, traveling alone was great. But then when I came back, I was like, something's missing. And I was like, man, I just want to shave my head in solidarity with Top G. No, I'm kidding. But like in general, I was like, man, I want to gain more confidence. And everybody said, don't shave it. It's going to look disgusting, blah, blah. I was like, man, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Right. And then I did. And I feel way better now relieved and i feel like i literally when i go out i'm, I'm pretty much like this i don't care if people like see it cool or not i gain more confidence i can uh, recommend it to all the guys and girls out there no i'm kidding but um it's it's a relief right and i'm going yeah. to to the gym again so it's it's a great feeling Selman, you don't have to defend yourself. This is America, my friend, and you can shave your head however you want. But I will not be calling you Top G on the program. We got 181 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get this show started the same way we always do, by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin fear and greed index is doing what it always does, not moving this morning, my friend, sitting in moderate fear at a 26. But when we check out some of the daily movers, Flare Token is taking center stage down 52% on the day. And before we dive into the total coin market cap, my friend Johnny, I got to point out the tokens were distributed, my friend. So what's it mean to you? 
Yeah, finally, it's nice that they, you know, were able to deliver it two two years later. And, you know, I'm sure everybody who, who has it was happy to see it take from like, I don't know, 30, 40 cents to two cents. Uh, but again, that's what happens when you get airdrops. You know, it's going to happen and no surprise there. It's down. How the ironic is it, Johnny, that the <clears throat> FTT token is up 47% on the day and the Flare <laughs> Networks token is down 52% on launch day? I'm going to give you the floor and then let's dive into the rest of the news. Yeah, we're just talking about this is just pure, this is money. This is profit taking. You know, on the Flare side, you give somebody away something for free, they're going to take it and, and rightfully they you know, probably should. And then on the other side, that thing's been beat up so much and tapped into a bottom that, of course, now. People are taking advantage of that, and they're you know that bottom I think came in around eight dollars abs, and now they're you know scooping it up. It's already up double. You doubled. You, how crazy is this abs? You doubled your money if you bought Solana eight bucks two about a week ago. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Doubled your money at the bottom of the bear market. That's what I call good <laughs> luck, my friends. Yeah, but let's check yeah. out the total coin market cap. We're sitting at $854 billion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. Bitcoin sitting at 17300 Ethereum is 1300 XRP is $0.35. Cents. Cardano getting a little bit of bullish momentum up 26% on the seven-day, Johnny. So Solana is not the only project moving right now. Let's check out Quant Networks. Quant Networks also getting some bullish momentum at 121. Selman G, also known as Top G, is in the building. And I got to get your take on the overall crypto market before we dive into our news. We're going to talk about how Ripple's launching a digital identity program. Flare Networks just launched their smart contracts last night. So what are you watching, my friend? Guys, we got great news updates for you. So stay tuned. Um, actually, the Flare dist token distribution was a great marketing tool right now. Everybody's dumping in anyone checking the crypto bubbles. Now, you know, heard of Flare the first time because I know outside of the XRP community, people don't know much about Flare. So that has been a great uh, marketing. But, you know, Bitcoin at 17,300 is very critical. We need to flip that as support. Otherwise, it could be a big a bull trap and we see another leg down. So let's uh, let's watch out the next few weeks how that's going to evolve. Thank you, Salman and Johnny Crypto. I know we got a bunch of articles prepared for our listeners, but I wanted to start this show off correctly. It's been almost a week since we've been on GMC together, and I'm not the only one who shouts you out when you're not on the air. We got a huge shout out. This video speaks for itself. BitBoy Crypto talking about my man. Uh, March could be the end of the XRP case uh, as well. That's the end of March. Uh, so I think a lot of bullish stuff could be uh, happening. I'm starting, I'm starting to feel... The end of the XRP case, very similar to how I feel with that Bitcoin ETF. Like, it's just, I don't know. If well, what about this scenario? Every um, time they say it, it never comes and it just gets moved again. What about this scenario? Same, same. XRP time. wins the case outright, and then the SEC appeals it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. That would be awful. That's that's why, like, I've really kind of turned on it. You know, the, uh, Johnny Crypto of the Good Morning Crypto Show. Love that guy. He's really cool. He was one of the brothers under me for the first time. I hadn't really thought about it. Is we don't we kind of don't want XRP to win. take it to a higher court. It's better to settle and that way it's over and done. So I hope Brad Garlinghouse is checking that out. Johnny uh, Crypto, for anybody who doesn't know, the media tour is yet to start. And that's a little something from behind the scenes. But I'd just like to get your comments briefly before we start the show. We got some real hard evidence about Flare Networks and Ripple News that we're going to dive into. But first, what do you think about BitBoy Crypto giving you a shout out while talking about the XRP lawsuit? Well, I think it's just a testament to the show and this crew and this team that he was even willing to come on here and be with all of us. This isn't about Johnny Crypto. This is about the Good Morning Crypto show. And you heard him say it where he says in the beginning he actually loves this crew. 
uh, and our team and what we're doing. So shout out to, to uh, Ben for giving us a chance for coming out. And, you know, and the thing is, you know, he's been in this space for a long time, but as you can see, you know, we're kind of newer, but you can learn from each other. Right. Cause he said it was something he didn't think of. And so I think the reality is anybody can learn from anybody. And I've learned a lot of things from you, Ab, and I'm double your age. Right. And, and vice versa. So I think it's really, really awesome and a testament to the show and how far we've come as a, as a, as a group here. And, uh, and that was awesome. Cool of him to do that. I can't wait to have him on again, but yeah, you know, thanks. 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 And abs. You know, JV's always saying XRP is coming. I didn't know that Johnny Crypto is actually XRP King. You know, the <laughs> K <laughs> That's awesome, guys. And Johnny Crypto, you're talking about learning from others. Well, we're learning from JP Morgan. Do as they do and not as they say. JP Morgan just called Bitcoin a centralized Ponzi scheme. And no, this article is not from 2017. This is from an interview that happened on Monday. Layla Hepburn, who's pretty prominent in the uh, Fox community, she said, I can assure you that at this exact moment, JP Morgan is buying Bitcoin, and that's why they're telling people like us to stay away from this asset. Johnny Crypto, what do you think about JP Morgan telling the world that Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme? Well, how about we take it a step further? Not you know, just just to prove exactly what's happening. You know what? You know an article I just read last night. Guess who just bought a shit ton of Bitcoin? Anybody I know who. It? I don't want to say it. I know who. <laughs> is it coming later in the show? Otherwise, I don't. Know. Uh, so you know, guys, there it is. BlackRock just bought 15, what is it, 15 or uh, a Bitcoin. So, yeah, guys, when the bankers tell you not to do something, as we, as Coach always says on his show, and we say on this show, always do what they say, uh, what they do, not what they say. And these bad boys, they just added a shit ton of Bitcoin at 15, 16,000. Um, and so, yeah, I totally agree that I'm sure somewhere behind the scenes, Ab, we're going to read a year or two later that J.P. Morgan was scooping up something at these low prices. This is the time. This is the time, guys. Where And again, we're not financial advisors. So I can't tell you what to do. But this is the time where we and all of us, we're dollar cost averaging in. Because, again, you're sitting at rock bottom gala at a half a cent or one and a half cent. Uh, you know, Algo at 20 cents. I mean, Dot at $4. I mean, God, there's bargains everywhere, Abs. So it yep. would not surprise me at all to see them scooping it up. 100% Johnny Crypto. And we got 253 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to talk about Flare Networks. But Johnny, first, we got to talk about this Bitcoin news because BlackRock just last night added Bitcoin to their $15 trillion global allocation fund, leading the world to believe that trillions are eventually going to flow into this market. And a really interesting statistic is that BlackRock could scoop up all of the Bitcoin on the planet that is sitting on exchanges with just 0.3% of the money in this fund. Selman G, love to get some comments from you, and then we'll kick it back to Roto. Yeah, that, that is huge. And um, especially the last few, I would say the last few weeks, but since um, November, we heard nonstop that recession will kick in. It's going to go lower. Everybody should sell, right? And uh, as Johnny Crypto said, the bankers were pretty much involved. And uh, the JP, JP Morgan saying that Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general are um, nothing but like great Ponzi schemes. Um, it's not new. They they brought it up multiple times. And now they're, you know, it's, uh, they're repeating it again. So meaning they just want to give their best um, to get, couple more retailers to capitulate so that they can buy for a cheaper price everybody's hoping for a 12k or 10k bitcoin what if we see a melt up very soon so i'm very, pretty much like uh scared at this moment not really scared we have our game plan designed with the warriors so in case it drops to 13k we're gonna buy in 
if if it breaks certain resistance zones and we uh, build great we we get confirmation we build a higher high higher low structure then we're buying in so uh, with um lowering lowering our risk so it's interesting to see and um abs i actually want to ask you do you do we know how much they invested in bitcoin no, they haven't released it. And to be honest, it's all speculation so far, but we're getting some pretty great news. They're reliable news sources. And I think it's going to hit mainstream media in the coming weeks or months. That's what I believe. Awesome. Thank you. But Johnny Crypto, we're showing a really interesting chart right now about how all the times that Bitcoin was predicted to be dead. And it's funny that we had somebody in our comments who just said, crypto is dead. Stop promoting the pump. Well, guys, we've heard that narrative before, and it's not our first crypto run, Johnny Crypto. What are your thoughts about this Bitcoin price chart clearly bottoming out when JP Morgan is telling us to stay away from this market? Well, thanks to the guy in our audience who said that, or viewer, we're going to have to make that uh, 468 times now that somebody has said Bitcoin is done. So my friend out there, if you think it's dead, just join the other 467 people who thought they were right and realized sooner or later, my friend, you will be wrong too. But nonetheless, um, you know, it is easy to say that in all these times. We can see that. I just laugh at this chart every time because these are not, yeah, when, pe when people are saying crypto is dead, you should be buying, folks. Again, I'm not a financial advisor. We're not financial advisors. But, it, it, you, you know, what it tells me is people haven't learned the game. And maybe that guy's new in our show, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But this is exactly how the game is played, folks. You're supposed to think it's dead. How are they going to make money if you think it's alive and everybody's buying and it's high? And this, that's not how the game works. This is not the stock market. It's not the crypto market. It's the emotional market. And you're getting played right now. And it's okay because the people who know how to play the game are going to make a lot of money. And guys who think it's dead and folks that think it's dead, they're not going to invest and they're going to miss out on the opportunity abs a, a couple years from now to make some. By the way, my hair is not green. My camera's going nuts. I have no idea why my green screen is showing on my hair. <laughs> I did not dye my hair green just for, I know, I know. Johnny Crypto's waiting until the bull run. Bull run 2025. Johnny yeah. Crypto's dying his whole head green. That's right. Then I'll spray paint the <laughs> Subliminal messages here. Johnny That's Crypto, right. but I did want to get your take on this because we got a bunch of news prepared and I'm going to play the one minute clip we showed yesterday from Joe Rogan talking about how Bitcoin is dead. And I want to get your and Selman's take on that. But Binance is bleeding assets. And when you look across the market today, every mainstream narrative that has to do with crypto is negative. So it's no surprise to me that we do, even in our community, have people who are losing sentiment and losing that hope that eventually we are going to enter a new bull run. But like I just said, Johnny Crypto, I want to play this clip right here of Joe Rogan talking about how the death of Bitcoin is going to come through carbon credits. So while I get this figured out, my friends, we're going to let this short clip play. Here we go. Um, crypto. Yeah, it was always a hot dumpster fire. Um, always. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it was all fraud. Some of it was a pyramid scheme. Uh, there's never been anything there. Uh, it serves no purpose. It's not a store of value. It's not a medium of exchange. And as we have seen, if you want to decentralize and not under government control, it is a haven for fraudsters. And now it is in the process of going to zero, except for Bitcoin, which will probably go negative because if we're moving into a world with carbon taxes, you have to take into account the energy that it took to produce it in the first place. There is some good parts that we're going to play at the end of that clip, Johnny Crypto. But the one thing I think he said that makes sense was the carbon tax point. If we are going into an environment where they're going to tax carbon output, 
Bitcoin is not in a good situation, especially compared to blockchains like the XRPL, Hedera, or Stellar, which are carbon neutral solutions for the same thing that Bitcoin's trying to solve. So I'm going to give you the open floor there. He made a bunch of statements. What caught your attention, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, you know, he did. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, obviously, the guy is a crypto hater, right? So when you, you have to look at it from where people's perspective are, he's not a believer at all. Doesn't believe the technology has any value whatsoever. You heard him say that. Um, and that's where I kind of disagree with him, where, where, where again, the, the use of the cryptocurrency part we've been talking about, and even ourselves, we're kind of questioning the, the value of it. But the blockchains themselves, no question about it, have value. There's no question the world is moving. The Web 3.0 is moving to blockchains. Now, how the, the, the cryptocurrencies are playing a role, we know that some cryptocurrencies are used to incentivize and keep the validators up and running. And those cryptocurrencies have to be here to stay, okay? They're not going away either. So how it's going to play out, though, is anybody's guess. And so it's easy for guys like this to come out and criticize crypto and say it's garbage and say it's it's new. We're so far in the early beginning that none of us really know exactly how this is going to play out and where these things are. In five years from now, this guy's going to say, see, I told you this was crap because you're like maybe 9,900 will die, but there'll be 100 that run the world. Well, that's what we've been saying from day one. There's going to be several ones that matter. And most of them will crap out and fizzle out. That's not going to be a surprise. But guys like this are going to take credit from that five years from now. So, see, I told you this thing was a whole scam. But the reality is, Abs, there is some utility and validation here, like Quant and XRP that solves cross-border. Too bad Joe didn't bring up that and say, wait a minute. So you're saying cross-border payment has no solution? There's no utility there? I would have loved to hear his answer on that one. But so, yeah, we'll see what it is. But you are right, and he's right about the carbon credit thing. That is certainly going to play some role on Bitcoin and, and how that it could it could hurt it in the long run. But remember something. I think when the carbon credit rule comes in, I think the plan is by 2050. Bitcoin and everything else, the whole world's going to look completely different. whole thing might run off of solar by then. Who freaking knows? Right. You're so, spot on, Johnny. And I think it speaks to the naivete of the general market when it comes to crypto. Even during this conversation, I went back and I listened to this podcast Throughout the conversation, they're calling crypto bitcoins. So they're making no distinguish between Ethereum, XRP, ADA. That's not how the conversation is going. It says these bitcoins are doing this. This bitcoin is doing that. It's very low educated. And I think that speaks to why he's he's so bearish on Bitcoin in particular. And he talks about carbon credits. Sure, that's a good point. But saying that a currency is going to go negative, it doesn't even make sense. Someone, I'd love to get some thoughts from you and then we'll play the remainder of this clip. Yeah, so um, greed kicked in, of course, and we all know. I brought it up yesterday on a on a, a call um, that a lot of people came into the space, of course, um, because you know it was super easy to make you know 10x returns on investments in, in the crypto space. But so you know did uh, the stock market, and um, obviously, you know people invest in gala but they're not really using gala they're not playing the game they're just thinking speculating that it will you know go up in value and that is always going to happen you will always attract you know uh, speculators and the you know retailers but soon there is going to be that utility run where people will realize or institutions will realize hey we should invest in utility tokens or utility coins because that is what the masses will use eventually that we're currently building the infrastructure um, of tomorrow. Right. And I want to show you a one chart apps, which is interesting. I mean, he's talking about like how everything's a Ponzi, et cetera, but check out uh, Apple, for example, it had a beautiful run, 
but all the gains from two years, from the last two years, wiped out. Imagine we've been here in August 2020, right? At 2020, yeah, and all wiped out in two years. It's all gone. You know what, so Salman? Let me just put a, one little detail in too. When you look at this chart, look at where they stopped. Look at where the bearish momentum came in. Right in the beginning of 2021 is when the Fed told everybody federal officials must sell their stocks. Ever since that day, all of these markets have been bearish. So I really do think it's just another example of the inside trading going on. Correct. And right now we, we got a you know huge economic crisis. But guess what? Back in 2018, when Bitcoin dropped, right, or the whole uh, crypto market, you see Apple crash as well. It was at that time when the Fed was um, aggressive, more aggressive uh, in the space. And then, you know, in 2020 with the March crash, of course, and then uh, throughout time, you got multiple crashes. And that's exactly, you know, S&P and all of them, pretty much. Uh, a great example that all the markets move together. It's not just Bitcoin alone that is super bearish. Now, Bitcoin doesn't have those assets like Apple does or cash flow, right? So app, if Apple drops 30%, which is a huge deal for Apple, if it drops 20, 30%, Bitcoin can drop 80%. That's true. But eventually when the markets recover and people, the risk appetite in the market is rising, people have money that they can actually invest. And because they see, man, Every time I invest next month, it's going up in value. So they, they don't have that feeling anymore that hard-earned money is hard-earned money. They feel like, hey, I'm going to make money anyways. And they're spending it, spending it on shit coins, whatever. And then you see the bull market starting. So you see Gala has increased parabolically in the last few days. That means in a cold bear market, that means there is still um, a bright future. Bitcoin is not dead. All coins are not dead. Some will die. The team has no funding and will die, of course. Um, but soon there is going to be risk appetite again. You're going to see those parabolic runs for all coins where you, you would say this is already dead. Something that dropped from $40 to 10 cents can still go up to $20 in the bull market. I believe in that. Let's find out in one or two, two years. Let's say two years. Thank you, Selman G. And we got 291 live listeners joining us. We're about to play the remainder of this Joe Rogan clip and kick it right back to Johnny. Here we go. Well, that's certainly playing out with like FTX. Yeah. Or you're finding out that there's a house of cards. Yeah, do, you, do you feel like that's just sort of opened the door for people to examine all of crypto now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like as soon as you have one of the big ones go down, it's just, just go down catastrophically yeah. within a week. Yeah, I mean, just there, there's no intrinsic value to this asset. So Johnny, there's so many flaws in that conversation, but a couple of them that stick out to me, the Mark Yusko clip we showed from early December, talking about how Sam and Caroline were useful idiots planning to collapse one of the largest exchanges on a planet as an excuse to convince people that decentralized currencies are bad and centralized currencies are good. But the biggest thing I think that's flawed in this conversation is the fact that he's grouping FTX and the FTT token in with Bitcoin as if they're correlated in any way saying that because of what happened at FTX, that proves a flaw with the Bitcoin and, and overall crypto market. It's very naive. And I think it speaks to the fact that he didn't understand these are criminals operating in an industry that's under-regulated. They basically exploited guidelines that weren't there and they were able to take advantage of that situation. So what do you take from this clip? Exactly what we have been saying has happened from day one is we know the narrative. So you have to you have to always go back to this. Absolutely. Let me put it on a big screen over here. You have to understand that this is where they want to go. Okay. Everybody see that? All right. 
Okay. So it when says you crypto are, bad, CBDC good. Right. You need to understand that that's and when and when you say when I say the word crypto there, you can almost replace the word crypto with decentralization. Actually, that probably would have been a better way to understand it. Yeah, if you put the word decentralization is bad and centralization is good, okay, that's where they need to get everybody because what happened here, Abs, particularly in this last bull run, is there was a lot of people starting to adopt and starting to at least understand, like, hey, what's this Bitcoin? Hey, what is this decentralization thing? Oh, wait, this is money outside the government I can use? that, And that when that started to catch... And people are like, no, 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 no. The big boys are like, we got the, the smart boys are like, we got to stop this. We can't have this happen. And so now the narrative has completely shifted. Plus, I know we got this guy out there and there keeps talking about crypto's dead, cat dad, or whatever his name is. Yeah. The, the one thing I will agree with this guy is on that statement right there. Part of the reason why we saw the whole entire world, not the crypto market, but every single market explode was because we all know what happened when, when, the, when the C word hit. The feds turned on the print and the whole goddamn world stopped, right? Everything. The whole world stopped. Nothing played. Sports stopped. um, Concerts stopped. Everything stopped. Nothing. They had to turn on the printing presses like they never turned it on before. So this guy's like, oh, what happened on the bottom? I'll tell you what happened on the bottom. The the, the Fed turned the printing presses. Well, Mark Yesko explained it to us earlier this month, Johnny, when he said that the Fed and the the Fed actually incentivized banks to spend more during that time. And then not only did they do the opposite – now it's the now it's the opposite environment. They don't even have money to put into these markets. Exactly. So in the Fed, and don't forget the Fed turns the printing presses off and then they buy everything back, right? So now I mean, sorry, now they're dumping everything. So the reality is this was gonna happen. There's no surprise here. Anybody on this show, we all knew this was coming. Whoa, shout out, woo, 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 woof. Shout out to the wolf pack and waters above out there. We love you guys and appreciate you guys, but we all knew this was coming, guys. Anybody sitting here thinking that crypto was going to boom in 2022 or 23 when we knew the Fed was turning off the printing presses in June of 2022 really doesn't know how the game is played. And somebody did say it, I think, you know, to the same guy, credit here. He said, we're not going to get another bull run until the Fed turns the printing presses back on. I'm not so sure I entirely agree that we we won't see something happening at the halving in 2024. But to get a bull run, a bull bull run in any market like we saw, you have to have the Fed turn the printing presses back on. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know when that's happening because I have no freaking clue when that's going to happen. Hey, Apps, I have a quick comment. Top G, I'm going to paraphrase. He says, if you hate me and s- still watch my content, you're still a fan, right? And what these guys are doing, they hate crypto, but they know a lot about crypto. They 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 check out the charts. They check out the news. And they still talk about it, right? So they're still fans. So you see, they're scared of crypto because they know the real potential of crypto and decentralization. And they don't want to lose that power. And this is the reason why they're coming out and talking bad stuff about crypto. So they're actually fans. They are secretly invested, I would say. And people who are going through this bear market right now, I think it's important to keep tabs on what people like JP Morgan are telling you so that in 2024, 2025, we can keep track and see who's leading us correctly in this market and who's not. JP Morgan calling Bitcoin a centralized Ponzi scheme is one of the most bullish statements I've seen since Jim Cramer told me to sell my crypto. But Johnny Crypto, we got 283 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. There's a very interesting article I want to get started with here today, Johnny. And it's talking about central bank digital currency development and the role that Ripple is playing behind the scenes. 
These are some statements from the MD of Europe who currently works at Ripple. She believes that CBDCs will be matured in 2023 and that Ripple's making headway in this regard with its notable partnership with Bhutan Central Bank to pilot a central bank digital currency program. We've also covered more and more how uh, Ripple has been working with the Digital Pound Foundation, creating a cross-border payment solution for all the countries in Europe. So this is really exciting to see the MD of Europe make these statements, Johnny. What are you anticipating for 2023 when it comes to central bank digital currencies? I'm anticipating more and more and more and more countries are going to be running trials. I mean, there's nothing new here that I'm telling anybody. You all know this. I mean, I'm not saying anything new here. What is interesting, though, yeah, Waters, if you're out there, you want to come on, let me know, man. Send me a message. I'll send you the, I'll send you the link. But uh, the reality is, at the end of the day, Abs, you're going to see more and more CBD countries dabbling in CBDCs. I think you're going to see Ripple trying to provide them the technology so they can test the CBDCs. It's not going to be just Ripple, though. You're going to you know, Ripple Net will be one of the products that they're going to be pushing. <clears throat> there will be other other uh, solutions that other uh, countries will try. Right? We know there's been different projects out there, but it is good to see that again that Ripple's making headways into these countries. We know that's what their plan is. We know that's what they want to do, and we also know that Ripple really cares about the cryptocurrency industry. They actually. So our sources tell us that they want to just promote the whole growth of crypto. And if XRP is the benefit of it, great. If not, they just want to get the system out there so those cryptocurrencies can run on the system and be used in there. And I think that's good that you have a company like Ripple that just want, cares about the overall growth of the industry as a whole. And Johnny, that was the biggest thing I took away from our conversation that we had last week was that Ripple believes that XRP is the best product in the crypto market and they don't even feel the need to support XRP. They're just going to promote crypto and they think that the smartest players in this market are going to move towards the best product, which inevitably would be XRP and the XRPL. Selman, we're about to dive into some news about how Ripple might be might adopt a decentralized identity program. But before we get into that, any statements on 2023 being the year of central bank digital currencies? Um, it is coming. We know that um, the Economist magazine, right, um, basically has symbols on it all the time on the cover. And so it kind of feels like 2023 will be a very difficult year, um, very negative uh, year. Um, so I would highly recommend to turn off the TV. Don't watch any news. Trust me, it's going it, to you shouldn't just do it for 2023, but in general. But 2023 will be the year of regulation. Um, I believe it's going to be in Q3, Q4 of this year, where um, finally governments um, act um, and uh, come with legislation. I know that Turkey is coming with digital wallets, right? And digital identity is not just, you know, um, going to happen in Latin America. It's pretty much all over the place now. Turkey is also like literally... Um, right next to Europe, right? Turkey is a pilot project right after that. It's going to be Europe. Um, you're going to see that in uh, apps. You brought it up. The World Economic Forum said uh, crypto is the future, right? Crypto is here to stay. And you see all it's all linked together. And I believe we're going to see more and more uh, updates on regulation. And then in 2025, we will officially we will officially transition to digital walls. And I want to say this apps real quick. Very soon, there is going to be uh, something new in the crypto space in in, the, in Germany and in, in the economy, which is you can only spend ten thousand dollars in cash. Anything above ten thousand has to be digital. 
Right? I would that love to talk awesome. about that, Salman. So can you speak to that a little bit? You live in Germany. For anybody who doesn't know, how are people reacting to that news that it's going to become illegal? It will be a crime to spend more than $10,000 on everyday goods and services. How are the Europeans reacting? Correct. So uh, since the 1st of January, um, eBay and many other marketplaces where you sell uh, stuff, um, those marketplaces need to report immediately when you make more than 2,000 euros they have to um, report it to the government, to the IRS, basically. So that wasn't the, uh, the the case years for years, right? And so you see, because of inflation, the government is going out and collecting taxes. That's not the only thing. Soon, they're going to come and tell you that, hey, you can only um, spend 10000 with cash, but not much, right? Not more than that. And then what happens is, you get used to it. You're like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to spend more than 10000 so it's fine. And then what happens is slowly you can't spend cash anymore um, everywhere. It's just tap and pay, right? You, you use your uh, Apple Pay. You use Apple Pay or your credit card. And so at some point, they're like, they're, you're getting used to it. It's like the frog that jumps into a, a boiling water and jumps out, right? But if you keep it in the cold water and then slowly heat it up, it will stay there and then die. And so we are adapting very slowly. And then at some point they're going to tell, Hey, we're going to transition to digital money now. And then all, everybody's going to be like, the effect is going to be so low. People will be like, Hey, I mean, I've been spending uh, money using my Apple pay. So it's fine if it's digital, right? So they're going to bow. And that is a problem. People don't realize it because it, it happens slowly and methodically. But in two years, I'm telling you within two years, a lot of things will change like drastically um and people are not aware of that people think it's going to happen in 2030 no it's going to happen very very soon thank you selman and we got 316 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button we're about to show you a video of coin bureau one of the largest educators in the crypto community promoting algorand but johnny crypto i'd like to get your opinion on the on the take we just heard from selman who are they protecting by not allowing people to spend more than ten thousand dollars in cash and what does that news mean to you my friend uh, I don't I don't like it at all. I disagree with whenever you're starting to mess with the limitation of cash. The reality is, guys, when cash is gone, your freedom is gone. You better damn know that. You better realize that. And like people say, I saw mental like, oh, yeah, 10K cash limit is good. Well, the, the problem is the slippery slope is the problem. It will start at 10. Then it'll move to five. Then it'll move to three. Then it'll move to one. And then it'll be gone. And that's going to be the problem. So don't don't you don't want limits. You don't even want that starting. Because when it does, it'll be the beginning of the end. I don't want to see that happen at all. Johnny, I want to add this. <clears throat> You're allowed to spend 10000 to buy gold, right? You can buy up to 10,000 euros worth of gold uh, without uh, filing anything. But then they dropped it back in 2021, I would say, right after printing so much money. And you know, narrative is people would buy gold. What happens is they dropped it. It's decreased it to 2000 You can now buy gold for 2000 without reporting it. If you buy more than 2000 euros worth of gold, you have to report it. And that is insane. So you see slowly, you see the restrictions. You just proved my point. You just proved my point. And speaking about that, I'm going to kick it over to Abs because we got a special visitor in the house today. A hundred percent. We got the man, the myth, the legend, the educator himself, waters above crypto, the leader of the wolf pack joining us. Always happy to have you, my oh. friend. Your mind. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going, family? I hope you guys are doing well. 
Amazing, amazing. Very excited to have you. And actually, impromptu, I was thinking about you this weekend as I was watching the Buffalo Bills game. Everybody's been witnessing what's going on in the NFL with the number three and the supposed ritual that's going on. So I don't know if you have any insight onto that, but have you been keeping up with the the Buffalo Bills player who supposedly passed away and now they've been promoting nonstop? No, um, I haven't because I don't watch television and I kind of only know what my community tells me. But one thing I could say about number 33 that's really uh, relevant for crypto is if you take the span of days between uh, November 9th, which was the day that we saw the real big drop on FTX, on FTT token, and then you measure that to the day that uh, SBF allegedly got arrested, (laughs) it was 33 days. So it's just it's just like funny that that whole ritual was a lunar eclipse ritual and then it led perfectly to his arrest 33 days later. And then I haven't kept up with anything else since I've kind of just let it be uh, what it is, which is a big distraction. But anyways, that's really all I could say about the threes at this time. But you know what's interesting, Waters, and the reason I felt like it was worth bringing up was because I have friends who they don't follow this space and they're not actually into the geometry or numerology. And even they were Mm. saying something's just odd about what's going on. They're promoting this so heavily, and it's the number three everywhere you look. That's the reason I figured I would ask, but it's always great to hear from you and get some insight. Johnny, I'm not sure which, what we should do. Should we go into a Q&A with Waters Above? Should we continue with their news? You let me know, and then we'll go. <clears throat> uh, no, we got Waters Above on, man. People want to hear from him, so whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hijack. I don't want to hijack your flow. You know? it's if, you got anything, if there's anything, though, that Waters, that you know that's significant you want to share, Share it. If not, we'll just continue along with the news and, uh, and, and chime in like you always do along the way. Um, well, I guess all I could say is um, I kind of took the day off yesterday from the charts. And then, um, you know, I chime in here and there in my discord. Uh, and I just see a lot of not necessarily in my community. My community is much more sophisticated and a lot more aware. They're much more in tune with what's going on here. And they're a lot more emotionally controlled in regards to price action. But it's just, you know, it's pretty wild to see how um, we're getting like FOMO energy in the retail space again after just like two days of, of price action. So mm-hmm. I just want to I just want to let people know, man, like if you pull if you pull up a lot of these charts like Zillica or even Solana, like you could pretty much pull up most charts. And I know Salman would know this because he's a technical analyst. You're just seeing like a kickback into mm-hmm. what was the prior support that got broken. Uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the year. So this type of energy where they 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 break you through a liquidity zone and then they pull you super far down, it's like a bear trap. And then they just they it just ricochets right back up like it magnetizes right back up to that prior support. That's not a good time to start getting excited. That's like mm-hmm. the that's like the stupidest fucking time to get excited <laughs> about. I'm just being real with people right now, you know, like and because I know the charts and I know you guys, uh, you know, you know what you're what you're doing. I just want to start with that. Just relax, bro. Like people got to relax. This market has lost 95 percent of its value in most of these altcoins, even some really good altcoins, like some solid shit that like I would even plan on uh, reaccumulating when the time's right. Um but, you know, when a, when a coin loses 95, 98% from the top, like you're going to see 100, 150% pumps here and there. And right. it, it only takes a couple more days for, the, uh, for it to return right back uh, to where it, you know, was a couple of weeks ago. So as wow. fast as it goes up is as fast as it goes down. Like, look at that Algorand chart. Like, it's a great, it's a, it's a really solid project, but this is the, a horrible chart. You know, like this doesn't really prove much. What it proves to me is this is driven by retail right now. And it's going to take some sophisticated players to make this shit look better. 
Um, but if you look at these charts of these ISO 222 compliant coins, like they don't really look that good. Stellar Lumens doesn't look good. None of this really looks good, but we know about what's going on behind the scenes. So that adds like, you know, it, it develops your investment thesis. It makes you a little bit more um, sophisticated about it. But yeah, I think that's just really it. When we have two days of a hundred percent gains in a couple coins and we see RSI break out from 30 to 70 in two days, going from over uh, sold to overbought. Like that's, you gotta, you gotta like X out of your trading view and just take a day off, you know? Cause a mm -hmm. lot of people, a lot of people want to use that moment to, to buy. And it's really just what the market maker loves to do to people. It, it loves making <laughs> you make decisions when the market's exciting. Instead, you should be making decisions when the market's really bloody and really boring. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it almost feels like, you know, it's funny. You got, you know, when you're down this low in the, in the 95% levels, there's going to be some manipulations some maybe some whales moving the price to make some money, small profit taking, but this is nothing of the sorts of a beginning of a new bull market. And I think people get excited and think it is, but you're absolutely right. We're sitting, we're going to sit sideways and flat like this probably for, for another year waters at least. So yeah, you're right. I don't think people should be getting excited. Uh, could could it be opportunities to DCA? Yeah, on red days when you see a lot of red, when you see us touching those bombs, I think these are opportunities. But to get excited and think we're in a bull run, yeah, that that would be misleading. I think. John, I actually have a question for Waters Above. <clears throat> I know that Gonzo also uh, talked about this that um, Waters Above, you know, addressed the lunar eclipse back in November, and we know what happened, right? So Waters Above, is there any other lunar eclipse or retrograde uh, that could like bring us down another leg down maybe anytime soon so you're asking is is there any um significant event that i foresee to bring more downside for the crypto market correct yes. okay yeah so um well it's it's kind of hmm. what i could say is that we do have a really important solar eclipse that's coming up on april 20th and this is when the market well it's not the market actually it's when just the energy of what's going on here will shift from a lunar phase into a solar phase. And if you look at the Bitcoin chart, when we have stronger solar eclipses and weaker lunar eclipses, we actually see what we call bull runs. And if we look at the times where we're in a lunar phase, we see that right before the start of the lunar phase, when we're still in solar phase, but we have an eclipse is when we begin our downtrend into what we call a bear market. So to give you an idea of what I'm talking about in plain English, if we go back to May of 2021, we actually had an eclipse and we saw what that did. That ended what we called alt season and that actually brought Bitcoin down from like 63K uh, into a pretty lower range, you know. In, in respect to what was going on before that. Now, when we um, got through the end of the year of 2021, then we entered like a, just a perpetual downtrend, everything from almost 70K down to where we are now. Then we could, we could prove without any, any shadow of a doubt, every time we had a lunar eclipse in the year of 2022, you saw what it did to the market. And we had two events back to back with Terra Luna on the first eclipse of, of that year. And then the next uh, was the uh, FTX ritual that I'm calling it. Yep. And 
that right now we're leaving that energy of the lunar phase and we're entering solar and this is really fucking good for bitcoin but it's not necessarily the most positive news in the short term for altcoins because bitcoin regains its dominance in the first phase of entering the solar cycle whilst oh, and there's one more element to this that makes things a little bit more complicated so i don't want to get super super complicated but we have a lot of stable coins right now so that adds a whole like tertiary layer to what could be going on in the recovery of this market. Um, so again, not to confuse people, if there's going to be an event that brings us another leg down significantly, there's two answers to this. One, there's a possibility as early as this February full moon that's coming up. That's possible. Two, there's Friday the 13th, which is like three days away. I think they might ritualize that Friday the 13th because it's heavily connected to when we had the March 2020 crash back in the start of the pandemic. And when we consider these Friday the 13th in the context of markets, we can see that there's been ritual market crashes on Friday the 13th in the past. This isn't isolated to just what happened back in 2020 and what could potentially be happening soon. Um, so I'm taking that into consideration because Early Q1 is a time that they love to give us our downside in the crypto market. We've seen that before, like the end of Q4 or the start of, you know, every new year. Um, and that makes sense, right? We have tax, uh, tax loss harvesting as we finish off the year. And then we have, you know, some weird stuff that kind of hits with politics and whatever. Global, uh, global politics could be another thing in the beginning of years. Um, so... The, the last thing I could say is that there's an eclipse in October of 2023. And that for me is when I think that the stock market is going to bottom. So we have from now all the way until October, uh, almost November of, of this year, which makes me agree with what Johnny said before about like a sideways and like kind of choppy sideways down market without recovery. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me, given I've studied over a hundred years of chart data for the indices and I could prove not the NASDAQ, of course, but I could prove with, without a shadow of a doubt that when we have these seven year cycles, these Shemitah cycles, one year after they end is when the market tends to bottom out. Sometimes it takes even a little bit longer, but because we're in this like really, uh, ultra sensitive environment with cryptocurrency as an asset class. You guys were talking before I came on about like the introduction of CBDCs and digital currencies. They're going to slowly roll it out with creating restrictions with your fiat. This is just what the fuck they do, right? This is not anything new. This is what they've been doing since the creation of the Federal Reserve. So we are going to have those things happen. And I don't think we're going to see like the crazy, crazy depression level market crash stuff until like maybe 2029, 2030. That's when I see potentially like we're going to go into a moment of we tested the CBDCs. We tested these digital currencies probably as early as 2024, 2025. And then we start to see civil unrest. We start to see shit go down with just like you know, just madness and chaos because people don't want to live that slave-like world of having, uh, you know, I know China might put up with it for a little bit, but I think even they're going to cave in at some point and there's going to be a lot of civil unrest. There's going to be a lot of problems, but this is no different than the shit that's happened in the past. Um, this right now is really an amazing time to be alive because we're in a, we're in a moment right now where we're 
focused on an asset class that has yet to actually become fully regulated and it and it's gone through 95% corrections. So we do have one more bull run ahead of us that I think is going to be very glorious and I'm very optimistic about that. Um, but I, I can't necessarily say that crypto is going to have a huge, huge correction, um, more than it's already had. I think this is like pretty dramatic. You know, if we're going to have one more event, what I could say is altcoins are going to be crushed. Like if Bitcoin decides to take another leg lower into 13 K, like that's going to be, I mean, Solana might go down to zero. Like even good, yeah. like I don't care about how much that blockchain is used. Like Cardano might go down back to like five cents again. You know, like we're really in that territory right now of like the dot com bubble. Where there's a lot a of uncertainty for me in particular when it comes to Cardano. And I wanted to get your take on the video. I'm not going to play this video again, but I, I'm not sure. Were you watching the episode previously when I played this clip, Jordan? Uh, no, I was like kind of going to grab a coffee. So I'm, sorry. I'm going to let this play for like 30 seconds. Then I want to get your take on it because everybody's talking about cryptocurrency in the mainstream media, but everything they're saying is absolutely negative. I'd love to get your take and then we'll kick it right mm. back to you. This is Joe Rogan talking about Bitcoin. Um, mm. Crypto. Yeah, it was always a hot dumpster fire. Um, always. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was all fraud. Some of it was a pyramid scheme. Uh, there's never been anything there. Uh it serves no purpose. It's not a store of value. It's not a medium of exchange. And as we have seen, if you want it decentralized and not under government control, it is a haven for fraudsters. And now it is in the process of going to zero, except for Bitcoin, which will probably go negative because if we're moving into a world with carbon taxes, you have to take into account the energy that it took to produce it in the first You know what can be difficult? When somebody's talking so quickly and saying so many false statements, it's hard to pick a particular <laughs> point that you want to make. But Jordan, take no, the center how... thing. That's how magicians talk. Magicians speak a lot of continuous lies really quickly, like with a lot of confidence. It's like when Barack Obama would speak. He would just speak so fluently, so quickly with such like confidence. And even if he was speaking, uh, reciting you a Dr. Seuss book, you would believe it. So, you know, anyways, uh, I don't I didn't even hear really what he was trying to say. I was just picking up the buzzwords that were coming in uh, here and there. Um, but you know, like recently, and I know I made a comment earlier in the chat recently, I watched that Bernie Madoff thing on Netflix and okay. I'm going to, I'm going to start really like talking about this a lot more because it shows you for how many decades the SEC was a complete shit show. Um, and if you guys haven't watched this documentary, every single person who works for 3T Warrior Academy needs to watch this as soon as humanly possible because you guys cover a lot with XRP. And this is going to prove to you that like this XRP case can go on a lot longer than you could possibly imagine. Like because of what I just witnessed with this Bernie Madoff thing. Wow. Like I'm, I'm speechless. Um, but can this fraud, like here's a response to what this guy's saying. Maybe this guy is right. Maybe it is mostly fraud. Maybe it is mostly just nonsense. But that nonsense could go on for a really, really long time. And some people could profit handsomely from, from that mess. And some people can be devastated and lose everything from that. So the dot-com bubble is a similar thing. We heard people back then talk about Amazon the same way that this man on Joe Rogan just talked about crypto. And if you look at what Amazon did, it lost 95% of its value, but then it recovered and it, was end it ended up being one of the number one e-commerce platforms on earth. There, like... 
Jeff Bezos employs the most people on earth right now. Okay. So we had that same energy of that man. Uh, but the difference is back then we didn't have a Joe Rogan with that big of a platform inviting people on to share that opinion and everyone got to hear it. We would only get that if you were watching MSNBC or some sort of a financial news channel. You understand? So now we have the internet and social media to perpetuate these opinions. And this is a very interesting climate we're in that we have to take into consideration. Like I've only been on Twitter for like two weeks now and I had to stop it. I'm like, I, I'm going to write shit on it, but I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to read anything else any, anymore because I see exactly what it's doing to people. Every five minutes, there's a new tweet that says XRP to $15 tomorrow. And I'm just like, I got it. This is insane. You know, because on the other it, end, you have the, the people that are like, uh, Bitcoin's going to zero tomorrow. And so you know it's just it's this. It's like, hmm. well, you know, what's tough is that when I first came into this market, that was me. I was the guy at 21 years old who came into crypto looking for that $15 tomorrow project. And so I think there are so many people out there who still have this very naive idea about crypto that it's either going to zero or it's going to pump into a 10,000 X when the reality is it's going to do neither. So I just wanted to put that in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of like, I want to give a response that is holistic and allows us to use times in our life that we saw the same behavior perpetuated and then we see the outcome from it. So th th this kind of stuff is like, these are useful, uh, these are useful agents, you know, like, I think um, even Joe Rogan and his level of uh, ignorance towards cryptocurrency is a positive thing, you know, because every time we have somebody like the dude that was just on talk, we're going to have another person come back on that just gives like completely, you know, a, a completely different perspective. And people are going to resonate with that, just like some people probably resonate with this. But the thing is, is that when somebody is not attracted to something, they look for stuff like this. And the people who are attracted to something and they hear somebody shit on it, that doesn't do anything to them. It might make them instantly a little bit aggressive. It might make them want to talk, um, uh, talk uh, shit about this guy. But ultimately, they're just going to ignore him like you guys are ignoring him because you do your own research. You've done your due diligence to study what's going on here before you speak to the audience that you guys have. Um, this guy is probably not working in blockchain technology. He probably doesn't know much about anything about the actual financial system. And it, maybe he does. I really don't know. But um, I always get this kind of energy from people. Uh, it's this very one-sided extreme version of their uh, perspective. There's no like lukewarm to it. And I try to be as like I try to be as in the center as possible when I talk about this kind of stuff like crypto and blockchain and the future of our economy and anything, you know, because I know it's scary for people when you give them that very one sided take there. It's going to create that division. And we don't need that right now. We need people becoming more self-reliant and better researchers and more motivated to actually develop their own plan. And then hopefully when the day comes, they trade that plan. And then as a community and multiple communities merging together, we become stronger and then we could rely on each other. And then we don't have to rely on the fucking government anymore. You know, regardless of the rules of the game, when you work together and have teamwork with your fellow man and you help each other, you know, and you could only do that by staying more towards the center. You could never do that by being on the opposite ends of it. Um, that's where we're going to have harmony and peace and, and, and abundance. And Jordan, yeah. I think you make such a great, or water, sorry. I think you make such a great point about 
that we brought this video up yesterday and Andrew Cashflow spoke to me about it after the show. He goes, is it even necessary to play these clips? Because not only is it basically fake information, but it's super negative about crypto. And I thought it was important to address because anybody who doesn't have somebody pausing the video and explaining what he said incorrectly and basically outlining why this is all false. I'm sure there's so many people who heard this clip, accepted it as truth. And now in their minds, Bitcoin's going to zero and they go about their life. So that's the really the only reason I felt like it was worth addressing. And I think you make yeah. a great point. If this is the mainstream narrative, that's a great advantage for us. But Johnny, did you have any comments there? Well, well, first of all, yeah. So I'll definitely be adding it to my favorite list. I'll be watching the Madoff thing tonight so we can talk more about it. I'm, I'm sure we'll learn a lot of stuff about what they did and how they manipulated it. And we know that the SEC let it go on for, I think, seven, eight years. There were people that were writing warning letters too. Yep. I lived during it. So I remember some things of people saying, hey, I wrote to the SEC like eight times and they completely ignored it. So, who, you know, no surprise. I'm sure there are gre people getting greased behind it all the time. And, and, and I agree with Waters. I've actually had the same feeling. I haven't said it, but he just did. I wouldn't be surprised if this SEC Ripple lawsuit goes along. There's something fluky and weird about it yep. to start with if you well, think about it. One Nothing other, goes one other thing that guy said that I think is is bonkers. Um, not the Madoff documentary, but the guy that you just showed on Rogan. He said something about Bitcoin going negative because of carbon credits. Yeah. Okay, this is hilarious. If you actually look up the data for what it takes for bank transactions and how much energy they use comparatively to when we talk about Bitcoin mining. Holy shit. It like Bitcoin is the tiniest. It's like a drop in a bucket compared to what the banking system uses. And honestly, the data we're getting is commercial level. They're not giving us the data for the Federal Reserve or for the uh, World Economic Forum or any of these entities that are, are, are the central banks because they're not they don't they're not liable to share the data. OK, so if you look at how much energy it takes to mine gold, it makes Bitcoin look like negligible. Bit gold and silver and precious metals mining, copper, etc. It takes so much fucking energy. Just people yeah. don't people don't research this, so they hear Peter Schiff say some shit and then they fucking believe it. Like, and I'm I, I I'm just being like I'm being really serious right now because so many people back two years ago when I was working with them uh, on portfolio reviews, which I do not do anymore and I don't plan on ever doing again. But when I was doing that publicly, I got the same rigmarole from people. And this is when Bitcoin was like 12, 13K, by the way. Yeah. People, people just being like, it uses too much energy. I don't want to have it, this, that, and the third. And I kept telling them, I was like, for safety purposes, you might want to consider at least like half of your portfolio in this particular asset. Like, I don't want to try to convince you right now, but like just to let you know, when this market goes up, it's going to be difficult for you to have the confidence to sell those altcoins. And you're probably uh, going to experience a huge correction. And then you're going to be left with 95% losses. When you could have been in the Bitcoin play, you could have had a much more conservative and it did break out into price discovery, unlike some other projects, notably XRP. Not to shit on XRP. XRP did appreciate quite a bit, but you needed a time you're buying. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Like, I'm done with this argument, bro. Like, when people want to talk about Bitcoin using energy, like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's it's because it's just a, sing it's a singular statement. It's not holistic. They're not looking at everything else. And they're just showing you gold mining. If you put all precious metals, that would make Bitcoin shrink down even smaller if you kept all the other data because it's like a pie chart, right? 
Like that's and how for it anybody works. who's on audio, Jordan, the the difference in is fifty six times the energy is what 56. the bank used compared to Bitcoin. It's unbelievable. I don't even want to hear the argument anymore. Like I, I'm over it. It's a bad argument. It's based in what it's based in, guys. Is comparing Bitcoin to other cryptocurrencies. That's what they're doing. But right. who uses those other cryptocurrencies? Who? Well, no. Yeah, it's you're just trading it. People are just trading it with fucking USDT. Like nobody's really using these cryptos yet. That's not a thing. So when when we look at these charts, I mean, even the data, maybe it was two years ago or something like that. It's going to be even more insane when you look at it today because Bitcoin's, you, you know, anyways, my point here is that let's move past these shitty arguments. Let's look at the charts. We have over a decade of chart data on Bitcoin. Don't nobody's a Bitcoin maxi here. Just be better. Be better at analyzing data and be less emotional and develop your investment thesis without it being uh, from people that you just saw on Joe Rogan. Well, and that's what that's exactly the energy that you're going to get. That's going to make people convinced that Bitcoin uses up all this energy. It's people like that guy on Joe Rogan. Yeah, but then there's good news because there's shows like ours that we bring out facts, right? And here's the facts. And the reality is very easily you can see how it's so easy to create any narrative you want and manipulate. Like you just said, when you compare Bitcoin versus XRP, yeah, yeah. it's going to be off the chart. But when you compare it against what's really going on in the world, yeah. Bitcoin is just a little tiny speckle. I still have people. I still have people to this day that are hitting me up and they're talking about how Bitcoin is not a privacy coin and it was mm. supposed to be a privacy coin. And I'm like, dude, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it's supposed to be public. That was for transparent. Bitcoin was created to be transparent. That right. is something that the Federal Reserve is not doing. Okay, so it's like we the good Bitcoin was not. And people are like, yeah, it's used for like uh, for black market. It's used for that would be the stupidest project to use for the for tr trying to hide the transaction. You wouldn't use Bitcoin. And we used to hear that all the time two years ago as well. Oh, Bitcoin's used for tra trafficking and for this. Shit. It's like that would be retarded because they can track that as opposed to something like maybe Pirate Chain, Darrow, Monero, whatever, some sort of more private coin. But anyways, um. Some, you know, wisdom that people need to hear right now, because we're at this point in the market where it's super low. And I think it's beneficial for people to just get out of the narratives of what you're learning about. And maybe, um, or sorry, not what you're learning about, but the narratives that you're getting from like Twitter and, and all of this, like shouting at your face stuff, and then go out of your way to do your research. Like, cause when you research, you actually look at more than just what's coming at you. Does that make sense? When you learn everything from Twitter, you're just it's just popping up. It's just showing up. You're not doing research. It's just your algo. Your algo is feeding you your bias. That's not research, guys. Real research is where you start to go and search for it. You know, you actually start to go out of your way to type in and you you use discernment. Just use that right now, guys, because a lot of people who fell for a lot of the shit in crypto over the past couple of years they were just listening to all the data coming at them and they didn't do too much hard work into developing their own plan with their own research. Jordan, one of the last things I wanted to get your opinion on was flare tokens were airdropped last night after two years of anticipation. And me and Johnny had a little friendly bet going on what was going to come first, ETH 2.0 or flare. Honestly, we were getting worried that these tokens were never going to be distributed, but now everyone's talking about how the price has collapsed. We knew that was going to be the case, right? You're giving everyone free tokens, even though anyone who did their oh. research do you guys oh, have a chart? Do you have a chart you could show me? 
a yeah. flare. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it oof. Is that <laughs> yeah. the all you want to see the chart? largest red candle? You're gonna see a big monster <laughs> candle. That's so this that? is the this is Bitrue's futures trading. Um, I believe it was at 51 cents just 72 hours ago. And during that time, we've this chart pretty much speaks for itself. We got as low as two cents on the initial airdrop for Flare Network. So maybe you can just speak to the price chart or whatever you're anticipating with this project. Yeah, I'll you tell you exactly. I'll tell you exactly what this is. This is because no one actually commits to these things. They right. talk like they're committed, but then the moment it hits an exchange, they they panic sell. They just nobody right. cares about XRP the way that they tweet about it. <laughs> like yeah. you know like seriously, bro, like I got to just be honest with people. Like people who are talking about like all these price targets and this that and the third and how committed they are to 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 flare and and all this stuff that's connected to it. Yo, they're committed on their tweets because they know that's sexy and they know that gets the likes. But in real life, they don't care about this shit. Everyone's just trying to make money still. So, like, you know what makes army army strong? Loyalty to your team. Yeah. The XRP community, if they all just took their their next paycheck and put ten percent of their paycheck in XRP and kept doing that every fucking week. XRP oh. would start, it would be an amazing, right? It would just, it would, it would, it would be like Bernie Madoff's fund. You'd have 10% returns every fucking Jeez, week. Every year. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so what I'm trying to say, family, is that like the reason this shit happens, the reason this thing got listed and it just dropped, what, 90% in, in, in instantly is because Inst nobody, nobody's loyal to that. They don't, no one cares. They act like they care. They act like they care. They act like they care. And then the moment it, I bet you this candle was all people that used to have conviction and enjoyed this particular, you know, this particular project because of the narrative and because everyone was riding the wave. I mean, you guys remember back when XRP jumped, uh, what, what was that back in 2021 because of the flare, uh, fiasco. And then it, Got to like, I don't know, like, what was it? It broke a dollar. I remember because that was when my channel started and I was telling everyone XRP will break a dollar for the first time in like four years. That was kind of like what I was sharing at the time. And it happened. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was uh, during my mastermind course. So this goes way back. Um, and then we got the SEC case that followed right after the flare uh, uh, narrative hit the world stage. So I think that's really interesting, too, that we got the, that panic selling. We had that whole uh, event with Flair. And then here it's like the reverse. It's like Flair gets distributed and it's just everything drops. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing gets bought back and eventually some people. But it would probably take XRP to recover, too. I mean, I really don't know at this point because this is a really bad time in the market to make speculative plays. And the irony of this whole thing is that if you sell the first 15% that they airdrop you, the exchanges will not be airdropping you and Flare Networks will not be giving you the remaining 85% that you're owed over the first 36 months. So there's one of two things going on here. Either people did their research and they don't believe in the project, or what's more likely is everyone got free money and said, I'm selling this instantly. And I think that's what took place. But Johnny Crypto, you have any brief comments on Flare Networks before we continue? <clears throat> nah, I mean, for the most part, I'm no surprise there at the end of the day. It's, it's free money. People are going to take, I, I ran a poll and in my poll, um, I asked how many people were going to sell, how many were going to hold, how many were going to delegate. 30% said they were selling. So what you're looking at there is just the impact of probably 30 to 40% of the people. Uh, and I drove it down from 50 cents to two cents. So uh, the question is, is there value long-term? 
And for the people that held on and, you know, are delegating, we'll see what it means. And what's interesting is uh, Flair, when they did the launch, they actually put an incentive that said, if you sell, by the way, they only give you 15% of the time. And if you sell this 15%, you don't get the other 85%. And yet 30% still sold. So there's no conviction. There's zero conviction. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even care about the other 85%. I'm just taking the 15 and I'm out. It, it's yeah. just crazy. Well, and then well, think well. about that. Think about that in reverse. You said 30%. So that's basically basically just one third, right? So imagine, yeah. imagine one third of people who were invested in XRP every week bought XRP with a 10% of their paycheck. Like I'll just take a third of people. We wouldn't even be talking about flair. We would just be every every other month, we'd be looking at XRP grow, like a big like communal trust fund or something. So yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I, a part of me like would love to make a project or something and have that sort of like vibe going on, but like I know nobody would treat it like that because people don't really care. Oh, actually, what I can say is, isn't this the idea that Pulse Chain is supposed to kind of be about, like with the locking up your hex or Pulse X? Isn't it yes. something like that? Because Johnny, I've I know been, you know that better than I. I've been interviewed a couple times by uh, uh, Crypto Coffee, who's like more in the Hex community. And those interviews were really great. I'm, I'm really grateful that he had me on. Um, and it's brought a lot of people from Hex over to me. But ultimately, I still, uh, you know, I was warning, I think this coin's going to drop over 95% during this run. And we've seen what, what's happened. I still think there's more blood uh, possible for that project. But PulseX and its plan and like everything that's going on about it, that sounds like a really risky thing to do to be locking up your coins for like 10 years plus. Cause it's like, will we be paying for the air we breathe in 10 years? Like, I don't most even likely. know. Like, most likely, where the fuck will the, we'll be eating plastic rice by then? You know, it's like, what? I don't even know how anyone, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not judging the hex. I'm speaking out of my ignorance right now. I'm wondering what they were sold on. Uh, from either the leadership or Richard Hart or whatever, how they were convinced to lock up their pro that money for that long of a time. Because that's kind of like the Bernie Madoff thing, right? Right, Johnny? It yeah. was like the, you just don't worry. Just don't fucking worry. Just keep putting your money in here. And we'll, we'll definitely someday we'll do something kind of maybe. And then like you get there, there's no, there was never any money. Cause it's all, what if, what if Richard Hart and the S what if SEC hits a hex in five years? With yeah. all those coins locked up, do they have a plan? To, I don't know, man. I'm like just, I think this kind of stuff is fascinating that people have this belief towards the stuff because of what is promised to them. And Waters, I'd like to get your take on this. Of course, Flair is going to dump. One of our listeners said, remember, the exchanges received the initial 15%. And I want to give an update for anybody who's using Coinbase for this airdrop. Coinbase isn't giving you this these tokens anytime soon. They're estimating support for the airdrop in the first half of 2023. And anybody who's followed Coinbase deadlines means that's not really, that's not set in stone at all. I guarantee this timeline changes. Anybody who's been watching Flare for the longest period of time knows they've kicked this deadline four or five times. I wouldn't expect Coinbase to do anything different. But uh, Waters, do you believe that's why they're dumping? Is it the exchanges actually selling the free tokens? Oh, yeah. Well, I think the biggest whales in the market are the exchanges. Like that's so kind of just my, that's kind of just my position. So I guess that answers that question. Um, it does. And that's yeah, perfect. I'm, I'm, I wanted to... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jordan. 
Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, um, have you guys heard any updates on Coinbase or Binance? Because somebody in my community sent me something about Binance receiving subpoenas. And also I've heard people saying some kind of things about Coinbase going through. I'm not I'm not putting it on the uh, same frequency as what happened with like Celsius or that. But I'm just wondering, what what have you guys heard about that? Johnny, give me one second. I'm going to pull up an article that I read this morning that's referring to exactly what Waters just said. Yeah, so go ahead. I mean, I know that. All, so all what I know, what I've always felt is there's obviously a big battle going on between Binance and, and Coinbase. And there's no question about it. There are two different sides, two different big sets of players backing them. And I think Coinbase has a much, much bigger backing um, yeah. than, than, than the Binance side of it. So I think Binance, I think Binance is in the crosshairs of some powerful people. And I think that's what you're, you're going to see is they're going to see them going after them. And, uh, and, but, and those, but are Johnny, sides. Johnny, do you sort of feel or, or and I mean, I think this is a, a good discussion for all of us. Do you feel like Coinbase and Binance might be the too big to fail crypto exchanges? Like we know the banks that are too big to fail, but like we haven't really gotten into that conversation yet with crypto. Well, I think that right now there's favorites. And if you think of when when we had that whole big to fail thing, Lehman, they let a few go under. Lehman was one of the ones that, that Bear Stearns and yeah. Lehman both went under because yeah. they were not on the the right side. They weren't they weren't on the winning team. And I think what you're seeing here is there's teams. And and I do believe at some point that that could happen where they go, oh, these things are too big to fail and, and they'll support some of them. Well, I I know I don't think it's the crypto isn't big enough to even have an influence in the, like like you saw the Fed came out and said, hey, we had the whole debacle and it didn't even impact the financial uh, markets. Right. Because because it's yeah, small yeah. right it's not big yeah. enough to be in that category of too big to fail. What I believe it is, though, is there, there, they are, there are sides forming of who's going to take this, this market forward. And yeah. I think what you're seeing is one side trying to take out the other side. And yeah, that, I, just, I, I kind of was, uh, I was asking a question yeah. sort of like analogously, like kind of like if we were to create an analogy of there being uh, a possibility of too big to fail uh, crypto exchanges, it would be like something like a hundred percent. And I think Binance is that player, Jordan, to be honest, just because yeah. of all the assets they have. And I was going to show you earlier this episode talking about how assets lost, I mean, sorry, Binance has lost $12 billion worth of assets in the last 60 days. And there's really no rumors about them going away, but Coinbase we know is supported by BlackRock, which infinite liquidity so if there are right. two that are too big to fail i completely agree waters yeah. that it would be binance and coinbase one in there. you might even add kraken in there i know that they're kind of big as well uh, or, or maybe within the top five but but yeah no question about the two big boys on the block jordan yeah you're spot on it's it's because i think finance no question i think we're uh i'm i'm not feeling any pressure but i think the people who are out here making content about cryptocurrency like there's a little bit of pressure behind us to like talk about what are the best exchanges like i'm yeah. getting the same emails all the time which is what are the best exchanges which ones to stay away from what is the best hardware wallet which is the best way to store your crypto like we're getting these same round uh four to five frequently asked questions um so for me, it's been Binance, you know, like I, I don't, it's more intuitive at this point, but I'm still telling people as part of my response to keep a majority of your cryptocurrency on a hardware wallet. Yeah. yeah. Johnny, we, and did you see this news just from this week? And I want to have a conversation about this. Coinbase announced plans to fire 20% of its workforce in the latest round of layoffs, while the Federal Reserve is doing nothing but telling us that the job market is too strong for them to turn the printing press back on. So I'd like to get your thoughts there. Meta's laid off 11,000 employees. I believe Microsoft just mm -hmm. laid off 4,000. 
Coinbase is cutting 20% of the staff. When you go through the tech companies, every single company is bleeding, but the Federal Reserve is telling us the job market's too strong. So what should I take from that information? Yeah, well, I, I think you have to look at it at the end of the day from a profitability perspective. That's how companies, that's how CEOs keep their job. Like they don't care about us. They don't care about employees. They care about their bonus. And the way they keep their bonus is they have to keep that bottom line number of above a certain profitable uh, deliverable that they that they commit to their boards every year. And if those numbers become impacted, the very first thing they're going to do is start start laying off. We haven't even seen that. You know, you hear everybody talking about the, the real big impact is coming in twenty third in twenty twenty three this year. We're going to see the major impacts of the recession. So it won't surprise me. That's correct. When you start to see come, and, and this is how it works. I've been in the, in this industry for a long time working for a company. It's a domino effect. Once you start to see one or two, three companies missing their earnings, they're going to start to lay off. And then they're just going to, you're going to read it. You're going to see in the news one company after another, boom, boom, boom. And I think it's all going to start happening more so in 20, not surprised that we saw in the tech side because the tech side got all the money when we got the, the, the printing presses were turned on and now they're turned off. All the money got sucked out. So I'm not surprised that they're feeling it first because they dropped the most. But the next will now be the re- Yeah, there's our girl Angelina. What's up? Got to give a shout out to Angelina's in the building. Johnny Crypto, that's your girl right there. But Waters, I'd like to get some thoughts from you. What do you think about Coinbase cutting 20% of its staff in the latest round of layoffs? And the Federal Reserve is telling us the job market's too strong. Yeah, so I actually spoke about this back in 2022, where people were talking about recession in 2022. And I was telling them that actually it's it's 2023. And the reason, and this is a little more, this is a little more esoteric, but it was in that connection to what happened back in 1970, where we had Nixon shock followed by what happened in 72, followed by the 1973 to 1975 recession. That's what I was saying. It's a 50 year cycle. So my point here is that I was saying it's going to be specifically jobs. That's what you're going to see in 2023. And of course, the Federal Reserve is going to play their magic spell casting, you know, like they always do, getting on a microphone, moving the market really quickly, pre-market during their talk, et cetera. But like, I think ultimately um, it's going to continue throughout 2023. We're going to see way more layoffs. And the big thing that I was personally looking for to commit to calling this a recession, which people were hounding me about in 2022 because I said we weren't in a recession yet. It was because I was waiting for the jobs. I was waiting for these layoffs to kick in. Because yep. again, people, when they're, when they're coming at me with this stuff, it's because they're listening to economists and their definitions. And it's like, this is like listening to a doctor about advice on health. Like <laughs> if the doctors were giving good advice on health, we wouldn't be surrounded by uh, the amount of death and, you know, <laughs> it's like you know my father my father's a diabetic waters and and this is the yeah. conversation we had my doctor told me to do this i need to up my insulin take i need to watch it he's so misguided and ever since he was diagnosed yeah. with type 2 diabetic a couple of years ago i mean don't get me wrong he's out of shape and he doesn't work out he loves to work but he's been sure. taking more and more medication and it's this road where if they fixed you dad you wouldn't be a client anymore so why exactly my dad runs gas exactly. kitchens, right if i could give somebody gas so they never had to fill up their car again why would I do that as somebody who sells gas? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, so that's my point. Like, I'm glad you, I'm glad you caught that because there was a time where doctors were smoking cigarettes all day, telling you yeah. cigarettes were fine. Now they're doing the same thing with with experimental, you know what? So anyway, my yeah. my bigger point here is that 
in 2022, my focus was the Shemitah. And in 2023, my focus was the Jubilee. And the Jubilee is supposed to be quite actually a positive thing, but it's positive for an entity of It's a group of people that it's positive for the people who print the money, the people that get to take advantage of rebuilding their uh, kingdom, if you will. Now, the thing that uh, it's negative for is the people who weren't paying attention to what I just said. If you weren't paying attention, then you wouldn't have been prepared. So now here we are, we're in 2023, and we're going to continue to see the layoffs. It's going to get more extreme. And I think by September, October of 2023, which is a far way away now, like about 10, 11 months, that's when it's going to be noticeable, guys. Like pretty much when we start getting into the summertime, um, I think that transition is going to be noticeable. Um, and you could ask anyone who works in the entertainment industry because the entertainment industry is the largest industry of non-necessary workers. Like I'm talking about the fact that you could go to a baseball game and one baseball game for that day needs to hire so many bodies just to be in that building and facilitate, you know, whatever their, their task is. Do we need a baseball game? Not quite. It's entertainment, right? Like, and I'm not saying that entertainment is not a necessary part of life, but I'm just letting people know that when we start seeing the, the tech sector as a whole and all of this stuff that went on with the past couple of years of the Fed just injecting money and then this money going into assets as well as going into keeping these people employed, that's not here anymore, guys. So 2023 is going to be a struggle for um, for people who are relying on job security. And this is this is an important thing to say, like, yo, if you're somebody who's working a job right now, like get motivated by what I'm speaking to you. Like this is your fucking year to break free from that and to put in your 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 extracurricular activity needs to be in developing a business into doing something you're passionate about, sharing your truth with the world, like get motivated to do that, man, because in 2024, it's not going to be as easy um, to get those jobs and to keep those jobs. And your your college degree ain't gonna mean ain't gonna mean shit in 2023 and 2024, and for the rest of forever. College degrees are done; they yeah, they're like I, just a, another piece of paper. You might as well just use it to, as kindling in your fucking fireplace. Well, not only are they kindling, but then the debt. The bad news is the two hundred thousand dollar debt that comes with it. You can't even buy a house no more. That's why all these yeah, kids are living at home with their parents. It's brutal. Imagine, imagine you use that $200,000 and you put that in like even silver or just like a basic or a investment or S and P 500. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I would, I would, I would have said, put it in yourself. That's for yeah. me. Like that's been my advice for the longest time. Like if, if you are an individual that has six figures, like, you know, if you put that into yourself, all 100,000 of that, that's going to be the biggest exponential growth that you're going to see. And, and it's going to be something that provides you a cash flow unlike an investment that you have to just hope on, you know, and keep waiting and waiting and waiting. It's something you could put into action immediately. And what you taught me this waters. One of the things that everybody's beholden to in this market is whenever you're making an investment, whether it's XRP, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of those things are outside of ourselves. So we're all just playing the waiting game. Right. And we like to say, we're going to create generational wealth for our families. Once this technology is adopted, that's our goal. That's my personal goal. Take care of the people we love. But one of the things for that sure. I realized is, we have no control over these projects. And initially you think because I understand the utility and because I understand the work taking place behind the scenes, I am part of that. I am, I'm like part of that growth when the reality is it's almost like I'm a bystander on the sidelines and I'll just be a beneficiary yeah. of someone else's hard work. Right. So I'd like to get your take there. No, that's hundred percent true. And I think like we could have more uh, control over the market if we did what I said before. 
if we took, if we pooled together our cash flow, whether that be from your job or whether that be from your business or whatever, and put away 10% of it on a weekly, monthly, whatever basis, regardless if we're in a bull run or bear market, if you did that in an asset that you believed in and as a community of beings, I mean, imagine you would never be in these crazy bull bear market cycles. You know, one of the things I've thought about guys, bull and bear markets are the reason they're so tied to astrology is because humans go through our cycles as well. Like humans go through a seven year cycle. Humans go through a 29 year cycle. Like if you know anything about astrology, like sidereal astrology, you're going to hear about a thing called Saturn's return. Saturn's return happens on like your 29th year of life. So when you turn 29 and like a half, you go through some pretty big changes. You feel me? And um, anyways, it's also interesting if you study people that are like behavioral psychologists, people that are into like seeing the transformations that we go through decade by decade when you enter your 30s to 40s, 40s to 50s, et cetera. Um, I even heard Gary Vee um, on this podcast. I'm not a big, I don't really follow his work, but I heard him talk about that. Like what it was like for him from his 20s to 30s and 30s to 40s. And then he was projecting out till he was 80 years old. He already had that fucking vision. Like, and I don't know the guy. I don't really know what he does. He just seems very charismatic and energetic. But yo, like you can't fucking fail in this world if you're 40 and you have a plan for the next 40 years of your life. And it's clearly written out. Like I used to, uh, I heard Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant in the off season, he used to write out what his year would be like, and then he would sign a contract to himself. <laughs> That's brilliant. Bro, he was so fucking committed to what he was yeah. going to do. And it this is like manifestation, family. So like, yeah. you guys need to, you guys need to like script your outcome. I say this in my expansion mastermind course, you know, my expansion mastermind course is a script your outcome, fall in love with the process. Okay. So just, just being an investor, like only investing, that's going to be like a very lonely and boring and like, you know, like, and that's why we preach the community. That's why we preach the wolf pack. And that's why we preach what we do here at three T the most boring part of being an investor is having to do it alone. The best part of my life was when I found three T and was able to get around like-minded individuals not only did it benefit how I saw the market, but my work became compounding. I could learn from Johnny's mistakes. Johnny could learn from my mistakes. And Johnny, anybody who knows me knows I am huge on writing down your goals. I do affirmations every single morning. I journal every single night. And I like to say, if you don't know where you're going, the universe is going to push you there. So it's like, if you don't take control of your own destiny, you're going to end up somewhere basically by accident. And I think that's how most people live their lives. But Jordan, I'd like to get one quick comment on this last video as one of the largest educators on the planet was talking about how Algorand could be one of the best projects during the next bull run. We're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. I think Algorand is a really interesting potential play for the next bull market. I think we could see a lot of really cool, really interesting, really successful projects uh, develop in its ecosystem you know, during that time. I think it has a good, a good shot as one of these non-EVM chains as well. I think that positions it really, really well. And yeah, there just again, there seems to be a lot of developments, a kind of strong community behind Algo too. So I think Algorand is. That's the whole clip there, Waters. I'd like to get your take. Everybody knows that we were promoting, not we. People were promoting Algorand before the World Cup, saying this is a token you should accumulate before the mass marketing campaign starts. On our channel, we predicted the opposite. We said that when the World Cup comes around, we're anticipating a buy the rumor, sell the news situation, and that's exactly what took place. But Coin Bureau is breaking down all the development that's actually taking place, the hard evidence, the tokenizing of real assets, the working with governments. 
I'd like to get your thought on Algorand. Is this a project that you believe in? Well, I mean, I don't believe in any of these projects, but if I look at this chart, um, I'm seeing, <laughs> I know that's not the sexy answer you want, but I'm just being real here. Um, when I look at this chart, and I think I recently just covered this in one of my Red Pill podcasts, um, I see it pretty much trading within the same crash that we had back in uh, March of 2020. So it lost 95% of its value. It's back in a trading range from when it was essentially listed. I mean, yeah, like chart wise, this isn't looking like the greatest performance of, of, of our time. Uh, but the one thing that's beneficial about it, I suppose, is if there's going to be push on the social media side and people continue to share, you know, the idea of what it is that could help. Um, I am aware that it's going to be here to stay. Like, I don't think this is one of those projects that's going to zero by any means, but I also think there's possibility for it to go back pretty much as low as it did during the, the C-19 crash. So uh, what you guys said about the World Cup, congratulations. That's exactly the way that I would have perceived it as well. Um, I agree. Um, and when I saw the World Cup and like, also remember Cristiano Ronaldo, if you looked at his Instagram, he has the biggest Instagram uh, as a man if he's even a man, um, he has the biggest Instagram of followers and his bio on Instagram was just promoting a NFT project that he's a part of on Binance. So when you have the biggest influencer like in sports on earth and that's his bio on Instagram, I mean, that kind of shit is like pretty wild. So if mm -hmm. Algorand was getting, if Algorand was getting that clout and getting that, um, you know, those, those views, that exposure during the world cup, then that's that's important, and I'm sure that that is another sign of of the future of where things are going. Johnny Crypto, any brief comments? If not, we're going to close this episode out today with a gala article because everyone's talking about how this project is moving in price. We're going to try to break down the reasons as to why, as they've just partnered with Dwayne Johnson, Mark Wahlberg, and also Chris Rock, working on two films, and they're going to release memorabilia only using the gala token. Pretty much just building the ecosystem for the token. There, Johnny. We're going to close it out with Waters. But what does this article mean to you? Well, you know, first of all, it's funny that you say that because people like like my polls. So I'm going to share this poll with you. I actually ran a poll this week asking about the four gaming tokens, which ones people thought would be the most um, to survive and be the best. And looked, lo and behold, Abs, <laughs> Gala was by far. I mean, mine on Santa are pretty popular there, but Gala just blew everybody away there. So no surprise. You know what's surprising about that chart, Johnny, is that Axie actually beat Mana. For people who were anticipating growth on their networks, that's a little actually, surprising. That, that, that's a good catch on your part. Yeah, I actually did. You know, I guess the play to earn is still something that people want to see happen. But but Gala just completely dominating it there. And I think that Gala and I personally, so I got to disclose, I, I have a lot of Gala. I love Gala. I'm a big believer in the fact that kids in the future generation are going to want to be lazy and sit home and do nothing and try to play video games and make money. And so... Oh, and so, so because of that, I do believe Gala is one of those that they position themselves. You know, they've got like 12 or 15 play to earn games already that they're working on. A few have been released already. They are definitely in the driver's seat as the first mover advantage in this space. So, and you know, we, you, you know, we went to the Gala conference last year. They've already yep. created $2 billion in sales between their NFT and their node sales. They are sitting on a shit ton of cash, a pile of cash. And that's going to mean good for them as well in the future. So if play to earn does take off and does, does become the future, which I believe it will be when they figure out the right model on how to make that work. I think Gala is going to be 
a leader, a big leader in the space. So for me, it's definitely worth placing a small bet on it. And Waters, one of the reasons I thought this was so important is because they actually reference a partnership with Netflix. We could see Gala become incorporated into Netflix through the use of QR codes, and they're anticipating that all of their collectible yeah. items are going to be digital and built on these Gala blockchains. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, me and Johnny, we created a company called PCA, and that's where we learned about Gala initially, and we were able to go to these conferences, and we met Jason Brink last year. He's humongous in person. One of the biggest people I've ever seen in person takes up a whole stage, but I just like to get some comments here. Is there any projects that you believe in the gaming community that you're watching or how do you feel about Gala's partnership with the rock and Mark Wahlberg? Uh, well, I think the only thing they have left in the crypto space is continuing to make partnerships with celebrities. You know, it's yeah. kind of like what happened with the end of the alt season back, uh, you know, April, May of 2021. We yeah. saw just a lot of this, like, you know, people showing up on Twitter who are famous celebrities promoting their NFT projects, promoting, you know, that they bought Bitcoin and you should too kind of stuff. Because um, this is how they this is how they do what they do. They know that the last thing it's like, uh, you know, one thing I'll say real quick that's really amazing is back when the uh, polio um, uh, V came out they nobody wanted to get it because a lot of people that were getting it were getting very sick instantaneously so you know what they did they got elvis presley to get one on live television and then after oh. that they just got a ton of people going and getting it okay so i'll just say that you know like it's a very similar thing this is a tactic that they've been using forever if they could mm -hmm. get michael jackson to tell you that like coca-cola is awesome uh then you'll buy coca-cola um, and okay. that's a tactic. So just keep that in mind. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good or bad or going to perform well. But what I could say about Gala now that I'm looking at this chart, it lost 98% of its value from its all-time high. So mm -hmm. it's pretty much lost it all. It's returned back to essentially where it launched uh, when it was listed. Um, damn. You know, so it has had a little bit, it has had a little bit of a buyback, but it's like, well, what do you expect? The, it, it lost 98% of its value. Right. Like if I if I put a hundred pennies on the table and I threw ninety eight of them on the floor and I left you with two, that's like <laughs> that's what we're looking at. Uh, so you know whatever, man. Like these things are very speculative, and I would say that there's an absolute possibility that you could see a, a tremendous amount of growth in it. And if there's any time to make a speculative uh, investment, it's when it's super super oversold. So I would say that this, mo not necessarily today, but like when we saw that move to the downside that that hit us into that 97, 98% down, if you had a, a, a awareness of the project and what it would do, then that was an amazing time to DCA, to start yeah. your, uh, your initial entries. Now, what could I say about the future of it? I agree with uh, Johnny. I agree that we're moving into a world that's going to be mostly gig work, like mostly gig work and gaming and streaming uh that's why i'm really big on theta um mm -hmm. theta and I've, i i actually have some conviction in that project for part of my portfolio at least within the top five positions and i'm trying to get my positions down to at least under 10 on this next cycle because I've really been a big promoter for promoter for like simplicity, <laughs> like just to have like a real simple portfolio. And I remember back in the last cycle, there was people with 20, 30, 40 investments and they couldn't even manage them when the market went up. So Theta is one of the ones that I would uh, consider. And it's because of what Johnny said. Thank you, Waters. Like and one thing, I'm getting text messages right now. People are saying, I haven't received my flare. We covered this earlier in the episode. If you did have your flare on Coinbase, if you had your XRP on Coinbase, 
you're not going to be receiving your flare for several months. So it doesn't mean you're not getting your token. It's another game of waiting and another game of patience. But we just lost Johnny Crypto from the live stream there, Waters. I'm going to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests, which is just Waters Above Crypto. Thank you so much for making our special appearance today. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Waters.